my mission in my company mm. is to create a barbecue experience that make you feel like you're in my backyard. I love it. Like, I always make them feel like they're in my backyard, no wherever I'm at. And three, two, one. You're listening to The Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. All right, welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast, man. We find dope people that did really, really dope stuff. Today's no difference. We find documented, successful people, man. Yeah, yeah. You've had some success, right? Just a little bit, Dave. And listen, we appreciate what you're doing on this platform, man. I appreciate it. Really just putting out dope people every week, so I'm excited. Thanks for the invite. No doubt. I really, I'm really just getting a free coaching session from you. Yeah. I, I noticed that. My, let me tell you, my wife, my wife be in the house. She be like, yo, I like what he say. Why are we doing that? Write that down. <laughs> but so I am here. I'm, I'm trying to learn. I want to learn every industry. I want to learn every business. Mm. And this is something that I'm super interested in because, uh, like, you got two products, right? You have products that you use yeah. and you have products that you use up. yeah. So if I sell somebody a car, that's something that you use. Eventually, you'll need another car, but that's something that you use. I can sell somebody a T-shirt. You'll just rock that joint forever. Or, you know, I'm a jeweler. Like, you use this, right? The jewelry. But you have a consumable product where if they like it, they have to come back. Absolutely. Get it. So that's something that you use up. And that's how you can really um, grow your income on a whole nother level. So... What's going on, my brother, Mr. Derek? Ah, how do you oh, introduce yourself? Listen, most of the time I tell them, I say, look, I'm the man that went from barbecuing in the parking lot to parking in the mayor's spot. Come right? on, talk that talk. Yeah, listen, I went from getting kicked off the side of the road to writing the policies that allowed me to be on the side of the road. Talk to him. Yeah, so look, I ain't new to it. I'm true to it. A lot of people see the shine, D, but they don't know my grind. Oh, we about to get into that. Yeah. Thing. So what do you offer right now? Introduce yourself to the people that don't know. So I've been barbecuing for the last 10 years, Divine Barbecue in Motion. Now I'm in the the, the stage of my life How many where years? over 10 years over I've been barbecuing. Years. I actually started in, in, believe it or not, 94, I worked in my first barbecue restaurant. Mm. And I, I really, that's when I fell in love with barbecue. And, and, you know, we'll get into that story a little bit. But now I'm at the stage where with so many people who have watched me go from actually barbecuing in my backyard, like on a, literally on a little Weber grill, and to now, I got about 15, 20 grills that I own, and they see these massive grills and these trailers. And most people, they, they ask the wrong questions. They be like, how much does that cost? But they don't never ask me about the process, mm. right? And so it's like, you you get what you ask, and you're asking the wrong questions. Yeah. I can tell you how much this costs, but you ain't got the money to know how to get it. And so <laughs> what I had to do is I had to put a, as Biggie say, a step-by-step booklet for them to get, yeah, right? Yeah, so I had sure. to create a, I actually created a course Mm. to teach them the business side. Not really how to barbecue, but to teach people how to go from their backyard barbecue, just like I did, step by step, and how to build a six-figure or seven-figure business if they want to out gotcha. their backyard. I love it. All right, so so you you said something about, like, 15 grills. Walk me through that business model. <laughs> so I, you, now I'm not telling nobody to buy 15 grills. No, 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 I started. No, no. Yeah, right, but I, for sure. But I started. So let me tell you how I started, because... So I, I did, let me, let me, I'm going to take you back. So I barbecued. I wanted to open a restaurant. I knew I wanted to do this. I'm unusual. I knew since young that I was going to open up a restaurant, be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Started my first business in fifth grade. It was a little candy store. Mm-hmm. Grew up in uh, Silver Spring, Maryland. Uh, there was a 16-story high-rise building. We had a soda machine next to the laundromat. I ain't suggesting no kids do this, but it was broken. 
Okay. okay. So the sodas was just there. And I lived in the apartment right across from the trash room and the laundry room. So I took the sodas and I put it in my Rambo book bag and I took it to school. And that's how I started my first business. Oh. <laughs> no, I mean, it wasn't, you know, it's an opportunity. Opportunity, you know, I <laughs> lived sure. in there. So that's how I started my first. So I delivered newspapers, mm-hmm. right? I used to cook for everybody in the neighborhood. I used to go to everybody's house if they had potatoes, oodles, and noodles. As a kid, I was, I got, so I was a latchkey kid. I don't know if you know what that is. The person who had yeah, the key tied sure. around their neck, let themselves back in, mm-hmm. you know, that Reaganomics type of yeah. thing. And so I used to let myself back in. I got tired of uh, grilled cheese sandwiches. I got tired of uh, pork and beans. I got tired of the fried bologna with the little red string around that we used to fry it and flip that joke over and eat real good. <laughs> and then even the toast that I used to put on and light the little burn up and put the little sugar and butter. And if I had some cinnamon, I would throw that on Talk it. Talk about it. Yeah. So one day I came home. I was about nine years Years old, that moms had a pack of chicken in the fridge and some of that block cheese that was mm-hmm. real good. It was some elbow noodles, some carnations milk. And I remember I was had to go pick my little sister up from the babysitter. The babysitter was on the 16th floor. And so I said, man, I'm cooking some food for real. So I saw Big Mom and them do this. They took the brown paper pack, shook it up with the flour. I threw the fried chicken in the cast iron frying pan, boiled my noodles, made my mac and cheese, threw the butter in. I thought I was doing How something. How old were you? I was like, I had to be in the like the third or fourth grade when no, I did what? This. Yeah. Just caving in, just tried. This is what I, you know, I started playing around with it. And my chicken, it looked real pretty. I can't promise you. I put my little sister up in her little high chair at the time. So you like <laughs> eight, you like eight at this point. Yeah, eight, eight or nine, nine I started yeah. cooking. Right. So I just, it was just that thing I had to pass. So when all my cousins used to come to town, when everybody in the neighborhood, they would look to me whenever we did nothing to be the guy that was doing all the cooking. Right. Mm. So that was my gift always to kind of like bring people together. It was like to keep giving. Mm. So I worked into my first, I got in my first uh, gig at a restaurant. Well, actually, I you started fried chicken at, at eight, nine, years, nine old. years But it wasn't done, Dave. It was, it looked pretty. <laughs> yeah. No, I got no, I to I keep it funky. It wasn't done. It looked pretty. I had to put it back in the pot and burn it up a little bit. <laughs> so just because it looked good don't mean sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. That's right, so people, it's not wins and losses. I learned that just because it looked good, it ain't always done. Yes, sir. Yes, right? sir. Right, and so this was lessons that I would take later on that would help me mm-hmm. out. For sure. Right, overcoming obstacles and all that. Like mm-hmm. I used to watch American Gladiators, all that, and they never focused on uh, the obstacles of the gladiators, but they always focused on the finish line. Yeah. So I developed early a sense of I'm always going to focus on the end result and That's the destination. I ain't focused on what I'm going through. I'm focused on what I'm going to. I like that. I like oh, that. So, yeah, that's so far. <laughs> my ten, my well, she's eleven now, but at ten years old, she was making like, and, I, and I, I'm feeling what you're saying too because I'm just realizing she made she made French toast at yeah. ten, yeah. and I'm like, how you learn that? Because I don't know how to make. I know how to do it, but I never. You know what I mean? Like, so some some kids just pick it up and they're like, yo, I see mommy do it. Yeah, I can do that. Now. Yeah, just watching like we watch and we don't even like even some of the style and the way I cook things. It's something I remember being on a little big stool watching my great-grandmother in the kitchen just cooking. And I picked up on some of them techniques and do it. Later on, I did go to culinary school, but that teach French techniques, French style. That don't teach the type of food that we like eating all the time, mm-hmm. right? And so that that was good, For but sure. it's not what I like, and it wasn't my niche market. Exactly. So I worked as a um, high school. I delivered newspapers in the morning. At night, I started off as a dishwasher, as a nursing home. 
right? But I ain't stay at dishwash because that ain't what I went to the job for. I mm-hmm. just took the job just to get in. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Most kids, they, they, they limit themselves to what they hired to do. Mm-hmm. I was always that kid that, and I didn't even know it was a success principle, Jack Canfield, how you do anything is how you do everything, sure. right? That I got in there as a dishwasher, but that wasn't my mindset. I wanted to be overcooking. So when I finished washing dishes, I was the best dishwasher. Mm. I go over and I see what the cooks was doing and help them do what they was doing. And so eventually I became a dietary aide. And then I prided myself I had to catch that last bus to get home What's by 7 dietary time. aide? Dietary aid is just somebody who just aids the cook and puts the right type of food on the plate. Like if somebody didn't have no teeth, you had to give them pureed food. Mm. Like if they couldn't have stuff, you had to chop their food up. So you had to read the cards and figure out what type of food you had to put on the plate and make sure it got delivered to the right person in the uh, the nursing home. Gotcha, gotcha. Carriage Hill Nurse Home. Then I worked at a barbecue spot. Mm. Right? Is that where you fall in love with barbecue? That's when I knew barbecue was going to be my niche. I didn't know my niche. And I didn't realize later on that riches was in the niches, but barbecue 100%. became that niche. How old were you? I was 16, 17 when I worked in you my first barbecue, barbecue restaurant. Okay, yeah, imagine. it was called Little Bud's Gourmet Barbecue in Southern Cuisine. Did you fall in love with barbecue itself? Like, was it the taste, the texture, or like you just saw this stuff as like gold? Or like, what, what was it about barbecue that attracted you and said, yo, I, this, 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 this is going to be where I live right here? Yo, so it was just like man food fire type of thing. Like, and it was an indoor spot, so I'm learning how to work with chimneys at the time. There's still people don't even know how to light a fire with a chimney. I feel attacked. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not attacking you, though, but there's a way. It's in my course. Okay, I, 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 it's in the course. Nah, because it's some yeah. of them I know how to do. You know what yeah. I mean? But you ever go to a, a tricky one, yeah. like when you first move into a house, it's like you got to figure out this chimney. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if I figured out my chimney yeah. when I got. A little newspaper, dude. Just. Like, I'm oh, sorry, this ain't about right. me. Right. Yeah, so, <laughs> I'm about to get the course. So, out of, yeah. so when I was in there, like I was learning the, the technique and the guys, they, he's from Chattanooga, Tennessee. So I was learning Tennessee style. Not realizing every year my family went back to Greenville, North Carolina. We had these family reunions around the 4th of July. I was a part of these pig pickings or these old-fashioned Carolina-style barbecues that I had been exposed to all this time. So I get in barbecue and it's like, yo... I, of course, they hired me as a dishwasher. That's my way into all these jobs, a dishwasher. <laughs> so I get as a dishwasher. He said, okay, you did pretty good. Come chop these greens up. Come work these jams. And then he started teaching me the art of the grill. Yeah. And I started learning that. And it was like, boom. Next thing you know, I'm almost running the place. He's leaving me to do it. And um, then we had like a big recession that hit. It was 96, 97. Clinton was the president. Uh, the budget didn't get signed. And so now... Uh, we're in the big government area. There's no budget. There's Christmas. Then we got a big snowstorm in 97. So we went five, six months where it was like no business. He had to shut down. Mm. So now I'm left out trying to figure out what I do because college yeah. just didn't work with me. I think I tried one semester of community college at that time and paid out of my pocket, right? And I didn't know nobody in my environment that pushed college. Like I wasn't that kid that really was into school. Yeah. Right. So me going to see a counselor or talking to recruiters and all that stuff, I didn't know. One mm-hmm. of my boys ended up going into the military, Marine Corps. And he came back. He said, hey, why don't you go down here with the recruiter? And I was like, what is the military? All I knew was boys in the hood. <laughs> he said, what is the military? Yeah, it's no place for <laughs> no place for a black man. That was my mentality. Mm-hmm. And so he said, just go down there and talk to him. And dude was like, what you want to do? I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to open a restaurant. I'm going to do this and that. And he said, hey, what if we send you to school and train you for it? I was like, black. He said, y'all do that? He said, hey, yeah, you want to get a house in two? He said, we'll get you housing, all that. He sold me on, on the dream. He didn't tell yeah. me about the military. Right, 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 right. He started asking me what I wanted and kind of was like, here's how you get there. Mm. 
And I was like, boom. So I ended up signing. He was like, let me see how you're doing the test. I think I scored pretty high because when I get down to the enlistment place, they say, you don't want to be a cook because you're going to have to work long hours. Now, I had been working in the restaurant industry at this time, four or five years. I know, yeah. the, I know the hours and the time. I'm not sure. afraid of work. But then she says, why don't you go as an accountant and we'll give you a $2,000 bonus? I said, oh, where do I sign? But two right. grand made yeah, you change two, your whole... Two grand made me change. God so Lord. I ended up in the military for eight years as an accountant. And then when I realized I was bamboozled, but during the time I had fun, I, I got to do a lot of big Yo, barbecue hold on, parties. man, because yeah. we got we to we we slow that down. We got to slow that down. Because um, this is crazy, bro. And this just happened. And I don't know if I can talk about it. So my wife still works at, uh, I think, Kaiser. And she's an account manager. Right, Joe? She's a... She's a what's up, man? I'm looking for a signal or something, bro. Yeah. Like, she's an account manager. I, that means something. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, you Hi, manage yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, look. Um, so, she, she, she got, like, the little Tumblr joint, right? And she's like, yo, I want to do Tumblrs. You feel me? Like, make, it makes Tumblrs. And she's, like, getting really good at the Tumblrs. And she's like, yo, man, I'm going to leave this job because I really just want to do Tumblrs and I'm going to be a momager where... She's getting our daughter in, like, these movies and stuff, right? Okay. Really dope. She's like, yeah, I'm going to quit this job. So she tells Kaiser that she's going to quit. And they tell her something like, no, you could do this. We'll give you more days off and all that kind of stuff. And guess what she does? Keeps the job. She keeps <laughs> the job, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's how they do it. That's it. She keeps the job because of whatever incentive they told her. yeah. So I think that, that happens often, that right? Happens. You're like, yo, I want to open a restaurant, da da da, and they're like, yo, we'll give you two thousand, and you like in the and grand I, scheme of things. I was nineteen, man. Nineteen. I ain't have a job at the time. Yo, I had a dream. Yeah. If you like started moving on that path for those eight years, the worst thing that happened to you was being offered two thousand dollars, bro. Yeah, that was it. That's crazy. That was the carrot to get me to get away. And then when I finally asked for them to move me into that field, they said, oh, no, you're more valuable. Uh, and then they offered me, they said, hey, won't you re-enlist again, sign another contract? Hey, we'll send you and your family to Hawaii. I was like, now, nah. at this point, right, I was too much into self-development to know that, you know, the, mili the, mil yeah, the military was good, right? I ain't taking nothing from it. The everything I wanted, the VA loan, the house, the, the education. I got a, I even got a two-year degree and played football and everything. So I, I almost got to live out a little college life while I was in because I, I, had, I had a cakewalk job. I was an accountant. I ain't really wanted in the military. I sat, got, behind a, I sat behind a desk and I did that all. You got an opportunity stuff. to do everything except for what you really except want. Except for what I really want. But I threw a bunch of parties, right? So I, can, I continue to develop my gift in barbecue. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black 
today. Told from a unique black perspective, from Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation Again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that censor black voices. It's NPR. Noir, turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR wherever you get podcasts. Thank you. Right. So I knew at this point when I got to year eight, all right, I wrote a, it was crazy. I wrote a big business plan for a barbecue. I found some quickplan.com or something like that. They, they probably get a promo and they sent me this big book and these, back when you had CD-ROMs that I put in and I set up nights preparing to get out the military, writing this. I had five-year financial synopsis, best case scenario, worst case scenarios, break-even scenarios. I was preparing, D. Yeah, I walked to the bank with this business plan for a barbecue restaurant, identified a location, walked in. This is 2005. Walked in that joint. They looked at me. They was like, wow, we've never seen nothing like this. Nobody mm. came with this level of detail. They said, let us call you tomorrow because the manager had to call somebody in the regional office. They called me the next day. They say, sorry, we're not financing any restaurants, but hey, this was great. Never seen nothing like this. <laughs> Good. Right? So no I did place. I did all of that work, right? Look at all this, these, these trial and errors. But what was still inside of me, I believe in life, and we was talking about gifts earlier, like your destiny is not ahead of you, it's trapped on the inside of you. Mm. It's just like a seed. Like yeah. everything you're supposed to become is on the inside of you. You just got to get in the right environment. Just because you throw a seed in the trash don't cancel the seed's purpose. Mm, just means it's in the wrong environment. Yeah, and where purpose isn't known, abuse is inevitable. Right? And so as Say that I, one more time. Say that one more time. <laughs> where purpose isn't known, abuse is inevitable. Like there's a normal use for your life and then there's an abnormal use. You know, abuse is a shortened word. It's a compound word. But in our English language, we lazy. So abuse, abnormal use. Abuse is abnormal, abnormal use. use. Yeah, come on. I'm Joe just bringing know that. that. Yeah, so, I was actually so like, to... so like there's a normal, there's a purpose for the chair to sit in it. Right? But if you stand in the chair, you're abusing the chair. Because that's abnormal. Use. Yeah, that's not the purpose. Purpose is always in the mind of the creator. Anyway, so back to the seed. You educating Joe right now. <laughs> He's, he needs to Back to the seed. I get a little deep sometimes. That was Excuse good. Me. That was good. Yeah. That was good. That was Excuse good. me. I, get, I'm, I love teaching, too. That's yeah. why I got a course. Absolutely. You're here. Because that's one of my gifts, Absolutely. teaching. Let's so, get my man some water real quick. Yeah. Sure. Please. Thank you. So the seed. So I knew that barbecue was like my gift and passion. Mm -hmm. Right? So now, <laughs> watch this. I get way off path again. So now I got to figure out how to get money for it. Mm. So at this time, I, somebody say, hey. So at this point, you're out of the military. I'm out of the military. They say no. People talk, people's that. like, yo, you got a family. You got three kids. Five, you need to stay in the military. People are selling me on their fears. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm not afraid of dying. I'm afraid of not trying. Mm. Right? Like, I can't live life without regrets. Appreciate you. So it's at this point, it was like, I'm getting out. Like, I'm jumping. Yeah. Like, I got everything to gain and nothing to lose. And if I lose everything, I've already been without nothing anyway. Remember, I lived in the basement apartment where yeah. we was across from the trash room where the soda machine broke. 100%. So 
So when the lights go out, I already know how to function. I know how to go to get a candle, mm. right? So I'm not afraid to be in the dark without nothing again, Yeah. right? So now I jump in the mortgage industry because somebody say, hey, let me show you how to get the money. I'm thinking mortgages, what? So I'm getting in there for the purpose of learning about money, and I get sucked doing the whole mortgage implosion boom. It's crazy. Mm. Just tell you how all This is 2009. So six, seven, eight, nine. Mm-hmm. It starts to implode. I get in in the first couple of years. I'm making money. I try to buy some properties. I think I'm a, I'm a real estate mogul. Mm. Lose everything. Two thousand. All the houses gone because it was exotic loans. I didn't know. I, I was and I was on the subprime side and didn't even know because I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. I just jumped in sudden because somebody was like, "Let me show you how wow. to make some money." So at this point now, my destiny's still not ahead of me. It's trapped on the inside of me, but now it's bubbling because it's got to come out. Yeah. Right. So now I get to the point where. All right, the military, Obama is president, Bush 9-11. So they come out with what's called the post-9-11 GI Bill that says, hey, use convert your Montgomery GI Bill, which is the money that the recruiter told me to go to school for. And he says, and we'll pay you to go to school, right? I'm out the military, so now I got to transition because this whole mortgage industry, I'm losing houses. Wife looking at me like I'm crazy because... Yeah. I just, I'm just a risk taker, but she's mm. supporting me. That's the good thing, too. She relating. So anyway, so I jump. I get to the point where I go back to school. They pay my thing while I go back to culinary schools. At this time, 2009, I think I jump on Facebook because now Facebook is no longer for the college people, but it's for everybody. Right, right, right. Yeah, right? remember that. I jumped on. I was an early adapter to YouTube and all that. I was Because we jumped off of MySpace, right? Mm-hmm. And so now I'm, I'm in culinary school. At the same time, I'm taking pictures of my food. I'm posting it. Right, didn't even know what I was doing, but strangers started calling me, say, "Hey, do you uh, do you, are you a personal chef?" I'm saying, "Yeah, absolutely, What's absolutely, right? yeah, absolutely, sure, no questions asked. What you need? <laughs> didn't know how to charge, didn't know how to do none of that. I'm just going to people's house, I'm cooking, right. I'm doing all of that stuff, and it's from then I just start. Uh, just now, 2010, I really start barbecuing out my backyard on a Weber grill. So this is the formation of. Divine Barbecue in Motion, 2010 yeah. timeframe, because now I'm jumping. And it started with people coming, because I used to still host all the parties. Like, I would buy cases of meat, tell people bring sides. I, I go to church, I'd be like, hey, hey, what y'all doing at the church? What you doing? Hey, come on over to my house and cook. I'm just, I'm just a social butterfly. Come on, <laughs> we're going to eat. I'm going to feed you. I don't care. Right? So mm. I was doing it for free anyway. Now people is coming. They say, yo, that barbecue rub, let me get, yo, D, let me get what you put on that meat. So I started putting in Ziploc bags. So okay, so you so it was it wasn't like a specific rub. It was like you putting together different. It was my own blend, but I had my own barbecue right. blend that I would did. Like I had developed my own signature rub and my own signature sauce. Before using I some of the stuff it, at the crib, using some of the stuff, at the, but it would be the same. It would be consistent. So I was already mixing it up. So I started going to food trade shows, talking to co-packers and stuff, and I ended up white labeling my own barbecue rub. Mm. Right. And so I got my own rub, white labeled and everything and start making. But then I started, I created my logo, my whole business. I started running to the barbershops, beauty salons. Right. Because at this point now, you got to remember, I'm doing this for bread and meat because if I don't do it, I don't eat. Right. Some my daddy told me, he said, son, I do it for bread and meat. If I don't do it, I don't eat. So I would go out there and I would take my cards and all that stuff to all the barbershops and the beauty salons. Mm. And at this point, I'm just looking for anybody to bite to tell me what that. And I would drop off samples. Mm-hmm. Now, I ain't had no money anyway, so I'm just giving them. 
Yeah. And then I'm walking back. And then I'll be home sitting down. They call me. Be like, yeah, let me get one of them barbecue chicken sandwiches, some collard greens and yams. I'll be like, all right. I'll be there in 30 minutes. I got to go light the grill up. And make this I make I got, sandwich. I got to make a sandwich right now. But I built this up over time. And I even found out and developed who my niche market was. Because I would go to the barbershops and I would go to the beauty salon. But the barbershop, the guy, would he would try to nickel and dime me in the barbershop, eat the sandwich for itself, throw it away. Well, I go in the salon, my white chef jacket smelling like barbecue with the samples, and go in there and take it to all the ladies in there. And they'd be like, oh, my gosh. They've been in here the hair all day. They was like, do you got more? I need to take some to my husband and my kids in there, and I need four or five plates. And then they would give activity. you through activity. You can find your market through activity. Activity breeds results. Excellent. Yeah, and then focus activities begin to make you wealthy. From there, they start hiring me for personal gigs. Then I discovered the festivals and fairs game, mm. right? And so I started off with the little mom and pop festivals. They cost like a $200, $300 to get in. Mm. Then later on, I discovered these major county fairs cost you a couple thousand dollars to get in. But then you start running a bag. And all along, What's I'm the learning. What's made from, a, from an event? Like from, a, an, from an event? Is that what watching? No. Like, right, 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 right. <laughs> So from like from, a, a, a county fair or something like that. Yeah, so a county fair, a couple days type of thing, 20000 you know, mm. just sitting out there on the fair. Maybe a one-day event. I think the most I might have pulled in was maybe like 12, 13 on a one-day event. On a one-day joint. Yeah, on a one-day. Very late. Wow. Yeah, but you got to be real organized. And I got the potential to make more. I just don't run my big. Like, you you notice the big lines got the big signs, yeah. right? The bigger the signs, the bigger the lines. And it's a whole science Ooh. to it. Yeah, so is the big, that right? Yeah, the bigger the signs, the bigger the lines. Like, it's a whole science to getting into festivals and fairs and getting into that. Like, and actually running that bag up. So now, remember, I... Walk me I, through I, Wait, that wait, wait. I only wanted a restaurant, and I ended up learning a whole game that I would have never learned had I got that restaurant in 2005. So, yo, life is just funny that way. Yeah. So you take the $2,000 from the front. He's like, dang, he just sold his dream for two grand. But if you never did that... You wouldn't have been an accountant. You wouldn't have went all the way around. You wouldn't have gotten a business plan and all that kind of stuff. And now you're just forced to. And sometimes I believe the longer you sit on something, the more frustrating it becomes. Yeah. Like you're like, okay, now is the time. I need to push that thing out. It's time. I mean, I, and I just, I kept grinding and grinding at it. Like even when I got in that first major fair, like, I, I, I put that bag down. I ain't had the money. Like, they was like, yeah, it's $3,100, and we need the money up front. Right? Just to get into the joint. Mm. Right? I was like, you got to invest. Mm. Right? A lot of people would have held on to it. But, you know, you got to pay to get, you got to pay to play. Yeah, for sure. Right? And so when I got in, now, for me, it's a gamble. You're going to learn that the weather, they don't care about the weather. Event is rain or shine. Yeah. Right? Whether people come in and out. Also, you got to be able to know how to store, bring food out there, how to get through the health inspector, how to have a kitchen, like how much food. And then my problem early on that I had to learn was pricing. Mm. I was out there paying $3,000 to get in the festival, bringing a little bit of food, and my prices was way off. Too high or too low? They were too low. Right? So I'm struggling. I'm out there. And my, so you're you like, you're selling out, and you're like, oh, this is good. I'm, but you I'm get back selling to the out in the middle of the fair, taking the bread out the register, running to Sam's Club, running to BJ's to try to mm. buy some more meat throwing it on, and I'm blasting my speakers, playing, I don't know, Taylor Swift's ribs are ready, come and get it. Hey! Right? Because <laughs> right? people literally got to wait like an hour, two hours for me to come back, soak the fire real high, and get it together. 
right? But it was those lessons that I learned now that makes me who I am. And the guys told me at the end of the festival that first year, I remember, they were eating my sandwiches. And these guys, they were selling fried food. They'd come in three hours after I'd been there, and they would leave like 10 minutes after the fair with clothes. And I'm out there stoking the fire. I'm rearranging. I'm making the adjustments. They say, yo, you be putting some hours. You be out here, what, 5 o'clock in the morning lighting this grill, and you don't leave at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning? They was like, yo, you got a $10 sandwich. At that time, I was selling a sandwich like $6. I was like, $10? In my mind, I was limited to only what I thought that people would pay for a sandwich. Mm -hmm. Probably limited to what you would pay for a sandwich. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. They said... Let me just let me just pause yeah, you right, pause right I got to pause. I got to let that breathe for a yeah. second. And I truly believe that most people's pricing is based on... Thirsty, wasn't it? <laughs> Golly. <laughs> Look, I was about to make my point, but I heard. Yeah. <laughs> Golly. Right, look, anyway, um, I believe one of the one of the major keys to success is investing. Yeah. Because the more you put out, the more you can charge. Yeah. The more you put out, the more you feel comfortable charging. Right. Yeah. So we can tell people who have not invested more than a thousand dollars because all their products will bump a thousand. Yeah. Or all my children could be 500. Yeah. So I'm, me personally, it's just me, I'm super interested in investing more and more so that I feel comfortable charging more and more because I know if I spend a lot or invest a lot and it comes back, I'm like, oh, I need to do that again. And then I could go back to my audience and say, listen, this is what happened when I invested this. So now I'm asking you to invest this because. This is what worked for me. Yeah. So that that's crazy that your pricing was based on, I ain't paying $10 for no sandwich. Yeah. That's the problem. And I had to get by. And the guy told me, he pulled me to the side. He said, yo, D, it's a brother that was working for this other company. He said, Mr. Charlie, he's selling frozen sausages out the box, throwing it on the little flat grill, and we sell it for $8. You out here, you and your wife, your kids. I had my love kids it to get so. He was like, yo, <laughs> you, you, we ain't never seen a barbecue guy come to the festival with real wood, stoking the fire, smoke up there. This, I mean, I was putting on a show, bringing cowbells out, had my speakers. We was line dancing every night. They go look at some YouTube videos from 2012, 13. We line dancing, doing the cha-cha, the electric slide. Like we, like we was the sounds of the fair, right? He was like, yo. Your issue is you got a conscience about your price. Mm-hmm. He was like, who out here when you setting this up? Who out here when you doing your shopping? Who out here seeing you build this whole setup and bring your whole operation out here? He said, you way underpricing yourself. And that was like almost an offset mentor, but it cost me a lot of lessons. And it wasn't, the lesson was how much money I lost as a result. Yeah. I lost, I probably that first year, I probably only made $6,000 when I probably could have made $15,000. Mm-hmm. So I left, that lesson cost me $7,000, mm-hmm. right? From not having, and then I didn't see many people like me that was in this industry doing roadside, building it the way I was building it. From there, I was set up on the side of roads. I was set up at gas stations, wherever I could. Because at this point now, this is the only thing I got that's going to feed my family. Yeah, that's so ill, bro. Because, and it, there's so many lessons that I just, Hope people are catching that it's not necessarily about your talent or your willingness to work. Because you could be really talented and grind, and your belief system is off, but you still, you just gonna run yourself ragged. That's why my man was, 
he, he probably had the talent or the work ethic, but he understood business. Yo, let's get the sausage out the box, cook that joint, put it in a nice little package. Give me $8 for this joint. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's why I start my course off talking about mindset. Mm. It's the because, number. It's, it's the, all. It's what you the, need right the, now. The whole first module, we just deal with mindset, because you got to get in the mindset that, like, first of all, you're gonna begin with the end in mind. Yeah. Like, I still knew that I was gonna have a successful barbecue restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter what, that was always the end goal. So I didn't. Like, I can look back now and, and laugh and joke and just reminisce about the process. But the destination I realized now wasn't as important as who I become in the process. Hundred percent. You know, and it's almost like that metamorphosis. Like, you don't even recognize the caterpillar once it becomes a butterfly because it's not the same person. Like, who I was 10 years ago in this game ain't the person I am today because I got so much wisdom, so much, like, knowledge and insight that I developed just over just the simple pricing lessons. The simple, like, I've lost money by listening to event planners who lied to me and said, we're going to have 20,000 people at this festival. So I invested money, time, and traveled to these things with all of this. For me, my business is a gamble because I'm not guaranteed to get nothing back. So if I come down there with $1,500 worth of food, I just paid you another $1,500. Now I'm out $3,000. Not not counting my hotel, my travel, or wherever, Mm -hmm. wherever you brought me to. And so I had to learn those lessons, how to identify what was a great event to go to, right? Because you can't take every event. Right, right. Hoes say men lie, women lie, but the numbers don't lie. That's right. You know, so I learned how to even look at social and go back and research some of those events and some of those plays. Gotcha, as gotcha. well. So, did you create? So, what happened with this rub? You still got the rub? I still got the rub. Big D's barbecue rub. Big D's barbecue rub. Rosina is trademarking it now. Oh, as you should. Yeah. How how are you selling that now? So I'm selling that in little eight ounce packages. 
right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm still trying to learn the Shopify and how to ship all that. I'm still mm-hmm. working on that. But I'm gotcha. still, the people come into, I got a roadside store brick and front that I had to pivot to last year during COVID when they shut everything down. Mm-hmm. I actually, I actually made, I ran a bag during COVID, just Facebook ads, all of that. Set up on the side of the road. I ended up renting a building and still put all my trailers and all my grill. Saved me actually on storage because I got to shut down some of them storage units. Wow. So, so what, what, what is your business model? You have a restaurant, a trailer? What's your business so model So it's now? roadside barbecue restaurant. I call it an outdoor barbecue restaurant because I put up a tent. I bought a big 30 by 30 tent, like one of them carnival tents, mm-hmm. put it out there, put the poles, put the heat lamps out there. I got the big trailer with the full kitchen in it. Same location or you move around? I'm in a, so that's a permanent location. Yep. But I still move around. Like I did an event last week. Like I was supposed to go to Miami, but I was in uh I was in up uh, like Baltimore, Aberdeen, did mm. a huge barbecue bash. I'm like the face. Like you look at the Baltimore Sun, you see my face. They had me on the Hartford County site. They were like, we have to have you come. Gotcha. So, you know, now they look for me because I'm the like I created like my my mission in my company mm. is to create a barbecue experience that make you feel like you're in my backyard. I love it. Like, I always make them feel like they're in my backyard. No, wherever I'm at. It's a party. You got sauce. So, you have a sauce? Big D's barbecue sauce. So, you have a rub and a sauce. Yes, sir. Right? Do you make more from the rub and the sauce or from, like, the events in your restaurant? So, right now, the events in the the restaurant. Mm. So, I'm transitioning now to push more of the rub and the sauce. But people come back for the food because uh, my ribs are handcrafted. Like, it's what I give them. Yeah. Right in the business aspect, what was happening over the last couple of months, like the last couple of years, is people keep asking me how to do it. Right, so I keep getting that question: How do you do this, D? How do you do? Like, how do I do that? And so, like, I got a call on Monday. Lady say, "Oh, such and such gave me your number. I just bought a food truck, and I was just wondering if I can come observe you and this and that." I was like, "Yeah, I got a course if you want to go and and yeah. learn. And then if you got some questions, maybe I can mentor you. We can talk about a mentorship." But I, I don't have time. Like, when I told you I went from barbecuing in the parking lot to parking in the mayor's spot, I literally, in some of them early days, I got a cease and desist notice. I didn't know about land use and zoning and all of that. Mm-hmm. I went to my first council meeting, yeah. right? Got up and spoke. Realized I had to become the solution to my own problem. Yeah. But if you complaining about something, maybe you're supposed to be the solution to the thing you're complaining about. Sure. Right? So I had to become the solution. I had to run for council. Yeah. I ended up winning a council seat in, in the small town that I was a part of. And then I end up becoming the mayor. So I'm actually right now, currently, the sitting mayor of the town. Oh, wow. No, really. So, and like tomorrow, we're hosting a big governor rally in my town. So I got to fly back out and we're doing some things to, to help the, the governor get elected. Gotcha, gotcha. So I, I, I want to know the process of creating a product. So this is actually, Chef Beasley is about to make me some, uh, some chips. So okay. I can, I, I got this theme called Dorito Dave. Okay. And... I'm like, I'll eat the chips while I'm like giving a lesson. So I want to know the process of creating your formula okay. and packaging it. Right. Because there's a lot of people that cook good. Yeah, yeah. You know, they got their and, own little sauce. And this is, this, is, this is module number five in the barbecue business okay. class. This is okay. module number five where we talk about scaling and branding it. So <laughs> you talked about early investing so that you can invest. Um, so early on when I was developing my rub, I found a mentor who had it. I got to go spend like a day with her. She charged me $1,500. I had to drive to Chicago, 
A shout out to Michelle Serp. She was the uh, original black-owned Serp company. Mm. Not Aunt Mama, Michelle Serp's in Chicago. Serp. Serp. Okay. Like a Serp. Like, that, it, was, it was the accent, yeah. Serp. Yeah, I was like, what's Serp? So yeah, Serp. Serp. I'm, Serp. I'm glad yeah, you yeah, said yeah. the Aunt yeah. Mama vibe. Yeah, yeah. So okay. I, I paid to get a, a one-day mentorship. Mm. Like, and I drove up there, sat with her, and she taught me about co-packing. She taught me about formulating. She taught me about that whole process, owning your own kitchen versus just mm. renting somebody else and getting out of there. And so with a co-packer, you develop, again, module five, mm. right? I talk about this. We're about to go through the whole module five right now, <laughs> just to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> so we talk about, uh, you, you first you got to find a co-packer that you want to do with, mm. right? And what you, is a co-packer? A co-packer facility is somebody like a big manufacturer who will white label what you have. Okay. What they want is they want your recipe. Right? And so what you'll do is you'll send them a sample of your product that you make at home. Okay. You'll send them your recipe, and then they will formulate it. They will take it to a lab, and they will figure out what it, what the ratio would be to mass produce this. Mm. Then they will send it back to you. They will send you some samples. You would taste it and say, ah, it's missing this, adjust this, make this adjustments. And you'll go back and forth until the product is to your liking. Mm. Now, at some point... It might be off a little bit, but you saying, because some of your ingredients, you might spend a lot more, right? And so you're also looking at your cost factor because they also, the co-packer is going to, they're going to figure out your recipe, which is your formula. And then they're also going to break down your cost. So how much it's going to cost to produce it based on the size. Got it. Whether it's eight ounce, whether you do a chef size, or whether you do, I'm buying uh, my, my rub now, I'm buying them in 25 pound boxes. And I just got a message, prices went up again. Yeah, that shipping cost. I got to raise my prices. Too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so once you go through that process, I don't know. So, why do we give the cold packer our recipe? Obviously, to make the samples, but it's they, it's are they trying to own the no, recipe? No, no. You sign a, a confidentiality agreement, and then there's a disclosure. It's yours. Okay, they I see, don't I see, own I see, it. I see, I see, I see, yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. you 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 sign all your paperwork. This and you own it. They just see. this is specifically formulated for. Like Big D's. So Big D's so, has so, its own. So you're telling them half a, pound, half a cup of this, a little bit of that. Like you give them the whole recipe. Yeah. They take it and then they reproduce your recipe considering scale. Scale. They right? Scale. Then they send it back. You're like, ah, it's off. Yeah. Or, you know, you need to add maybe a little more sugar or whatever. Right? And then they come back and you're like, okay, this is it. Yeah. And then what? And then once you do that, now y'all work out pricing. They're going to tell you it's a minimum buy, generally 500 pounds, mm -hmm. 500, all that. So at that point, you make your first buy. Or if you're not buying it in bulk and you want them to label it, you got to pick out your bottles. You got to pick out your labels. Mm -hmm. So that might be a whole nother company you got to go through. They'll send you to just to get your labels. And then for the labels, they might have to produce a plate that's just for your label so that they always print your labels, which would be a, Yeah, there may be a P for the labels to put on that, that spin wheel. And then the label company might have a, a, minimal, yeah, spin on a, a minimal spin on the labels. There's the cold, so cold pack. I don't know why. Why are they called cold packing? Why don't they just call it like? Because y'all in a partnership. It's like a joint venture that you make. All right, look. I know you're enjoying the episode, but I gotta tell you, finally, you asked for it, and we created a Patreon. Okay, we created an inner circle. We have amazing stories, amazing information, the how tos from the episodes. The only thing we're missing is a community. So. It's about that time. We put together our Patreon. We put together a community because we have to have conversation around the information. So even this podcast we're listening to right now, 
there needs to be conversation. I want to hear what you got. I want to hear what you got. Like, let's throw some stuff back and forth. And because we're a like-minded, we're all going in the same direction. When we connect, connect in a community, we can connect on other stuff outside the community because we're building real relationships. Okay. So check out the Patreon. We got three tiers. I don't care what tier you join. Um, the support is, um, the support is appreciated. Okay. Thank you so much. Now back to the episode. They buy into the business when they no, they this? don't buy into the business, but they're producing it. They're the people that you're buying. Like, where'd you buy your t-shirts? Like, if you're buying certain weight t-shirts, right, you right. got a company that you're buying. Your okay, t-shirts. I see, I see. Yeah, but cold pack. I need to see what that means. Co, yeah, co packer. Co, yeah, co, co, yeah, co packer. Where you from, man? Yeah, I'm, I'm up south. I'm up north. I, I spent my summers in New York. Grew up in the D.C. Okay. metropolitan area. Gotcha. co packer. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking you're saying cold pack because no. I heard of that before. No, that's no. A, that's something in the yeah. industry, right? Cold yeah. pack, cold packing. Yeah, you can cold that's pack. for um, juices and stuff. Yeah, cold presser. You cold press. Yeah, you cold press. I'm, I'm mixing cold press. Yeah, yeah. So cold packer. Yes, because there are the cold packer. Uh, all right, man. Yeah, all right, give me some. Come yeah, on, we, we got to understand it. Okay, so, so the cold packer is going to help you produce your product or your rub. Got it. Got or, it. Got or it. your sauce. So you have you have two type of co-packers and I in the food. And how much how much did that process cost for you around about if you remember? Think initially my initial investment on the rub was maybe like 1500 or something like that. And then my first buy, uh, I think the one I went to was was super local because I drove to them. Okay. It was like an hour and a half drive. Got it. Right? Got it. So for, for that type of weight, you save on that shipping. For sure. Be able to go pick okay. it up. And I think my minimum buy was 500 I think my first load, I might have spent twenty five hundred, mm. and I used it so that I had to stop. Like I can get rid of myself and mixing at the restaurant. Yeah. I used my rub and all my meats and all of that. Other you don't stuff got nothing else. with you, do you? No, I was gonna bring you some, but I got tied up late I last night. Ready, yeah, my brother. Fa- I'm, gonna I'm gonna send it to you though, because I would have tasted it if it's good. I'd have been right on the on the joint. We're gonna come back. We'll do a part. Delicious, y'all. Y'all ain't gonna get. (laughs) We're gonna do a part two. I'm gonna bring the grills down, and we're gonna bring the grills down. I'm gonna smoke it, and we're gonna talk about good. We're gonna be right out there. (laughs) We're gonna bring. We're gonna do a part two with the grills. Oh, say less. Say less. Okay. So you you get you gotta have your own formula. You find a coat packer. They help formulize it. Then you find, and this is a separate company. Yeah. The labels. The, the labels in the And they'll, the ref, they'll, they'll refer you because sometimes they got relationships already. Of course, of course. Yeah, gotcha, so they'll gotcha, they'll gotcha. refer you to who they want. Then once you get your bottles, then it's up to you to sell it. Got it's it. almost okay. like you mass producing CDs or tapes or whatever. Hmm. So you got to sell it yourself. You trying to make some sauce, please? Yeah. You want to make some sauce, man. It is. It's my guy right there. It is. And you, I, could I, do the whole, you could do the same thing with candy too, right? The same thing with everything. Food. Well, you need to make some gummy worms or something. Why yeah. haven't we? Why yeah. y'all make no barbecue gummy worms? Barbecue gummy worms wouldn't be lit, Joe. What? No. Think Barbecue about it. Gummy worms. Think about it. No. Joe, why y'all ain't doing that, just man? Because I want that. Take a second to think about it, though. Thought about it. No. He said barbecue, thought about it. No. Because barbecue sauce is sweet anyway. You make some more sweet and tangy. You can do a sweet, sweet and tangy. That's my sauce. Sweet, sweet and tangy candy. Like Mike, mine, like Mike brother. and Ike, like Mike and Ike's and all that other good stuff. Yeah, yo, could but, you? But that scaling, a good idea? You think yeah, that's a good absolutely idea? a good idea. Those are the most, and that's what those are the part of the business aspect that people don't think about making money. Yes. right. Because it's not just barbecue food. For barbecue sauce, you got to have a lunch. Yeah. To put the barbecue sauce on, people use it on breakfast, or you got to have a meal. Yeah, that meal. But some but barbecue gummy worms, bro. Yeah. You yeah. gonna you gonna eat them joints all day? 
Yeah, I don't know. We're gonna have to take a poll. Put a poll up on social media. Would y'all eat barbecue? Yeah, would y'all eat barbecue uh, gummy worms? I'm not, man. Jason, what you think? Barbecue gummy worms. Yeah. We gonna Terry, do a poll. Barbecue gummy worms? You get over 50%. We're gonna have to put so it up. Uh, yo, and this, see, okay, you know what? You know what? You know why they saying that? Why? Because they don't see the vision. They can't see it. You know how you know how Lays is doing all kind of weird stuff. Yeah, with if their I chips. said, are they selling said, them? Yes, they selling them joints. They got chips that's like chicken and waffle chips. He was like, that'd be nothing. No, I wouldn't do that. And they hitting. They got pork rolls, pork, all kind of weird stuff, man. Y'all, they don't see the vision. They don't see the vision. We'll create a joint. If you get over that, another real weird one. Macaroni and cheese chips. Huh? It's just seasoning. No, bro. It's real chip flavors, bro. He a whole chef. You going to tell him? (laughs) Yo, I seen some. Bro, you mean to tell me I ain't seen no chicken and waffle chips on the. That's not Photoshop, bro. That's not. That's not. You can you can create seasoning and spices to to alter and give you the flavor. So he's saying, yeah, it's 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 flavor profiles. I don't know what I'm talking about. Flavor profiles. It's a flavor profile. Okay. Okay. So Rick Ross, he just got to deal with um, with rap snacks, and they got um, lemon pepper wing chicken, like they're chips, lemon pepper wings, and something else. Y'all don't come on. They don't know nothing about. They got the plain Jane too. Yeah. But they they got the they just it's like lemon pepper tangy something. So yeah, listen, the sky is the limit. Whatever you can imagine with your brain, see that's the power of our mind. Like whatever you we see believe. my vision. We're gonna partner yeah, on this. Yeah. Man. I don't know what they look, all it, right. It, I can't it, wait to blow the joints up. If you too. can believe it, you can achieve it. Barbecue barbecue. What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools. You don't have the tips. You don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. But wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. And you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? 
Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code Big Deal. It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people to listen to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you no, right now, yet you got time, no pressure, you get us back. But use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free. So don't wait. So secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country. Join us July 4th and 5th in Atlanta. Let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality, y'all. Head over to podcastsummit.com. Use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal there's little gummy bears gummy bears eat them up Put it's the poll up. up. We're going to put the poll up and we're going to show everybody what the poll That's say. That's a fact. Okay. We create so, Cold Packer, finest Cold Packer, make them gummy bears with the barbecue flavor using your flavor because it's That's our it. partnership. That's it. I already got the rub. You got the I already yeah, got the rub. Yeah, That's going to be crazy. Okay, yeah. so you find a packer, then you get Indeed. it. Now, now, I can imagine that the hardest part is getting people to release their current favorite. Yeah. Right? How have you been working? How that, how's that been going? How to release their what? Their current favorite. So, oh. if you have, a, if you come out with a new ranch, right? But people love what's the ranch y'all be eating? Hidden Valley. Yeah, Hidden people, Valley. people, people are brand loyal. You Hidden Valley, right? So, so that's for, for salad, bro. That ain't the wing ranch. But so, 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 so loyalty, people are brand loyal. Like people are loyal to social proof, right? Yeah. They watch it every week faithfully, 100%. every time episode. They subscribe to yep. your podcast. Every time it pops up, ding, they click on yeah, it, they watch it, sure. right? So they're faithful. And so with brands, people get faithful. Like people buy into people. Yeah, 100%. They know, they love, they like, they trust, right? And so you, it's, it's up to whoever the consumer is to build that relationship. Like when you did t-shirts, people came to you just because they liked the brand, yeah. right? Sleep is for suckers. Like I'm going to rock that. Yeah. Right. And so that's the same thing with any sauce, any product. Rick Ross Wingstop is popular because it association. And when you release release a certain level of success, success just makes you more influential. People gonna buy it just because you're successful, because yeah. people want to be associated with successful things. 100%. Right. And so, like, even the more people see me pop up on my local news or pop up on there, or they see me in the community, like just because I'm in the middle of my community, people just come and they flood and they buy it. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, the key to, to moving our products is just continue to be successful. And it creates that level of influence in our, in our brand, in our business. Eventually, our brand will be the brand. Yeah, like, sure. that's how we start wiping it off. We start influencing. And the relationships you start building in your local grocery stores, your local market, you start getting other chefs to use your gummies in there. Yeah. Right? Instead of those CBD, use these barbecue gummies. Got to have a barbecue It's going to give you that bro. same energy, that same fire, yes, that CBD. Sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. 
So let me ask you this. How about like a soda gummy worm? It tastes like soda. So what you think? A barbecue soda. You what you think? You wouldn't know weirdos that eat them little plastic. Uh, see, but here's Coca-Cola the thing. Joints, y'all, y'all seen the little Coca-Cola bottles that are gummy bears. And they be, see, I got, you don't even know what you're talking about. You eat them, see, don't right? you? Huh? You eat them, don't you? I love them joints. You're disgusting. They ain't killing it. All right. So anyway. <laughs> so, all right. So, so pretty much you are, you are the, the front runner of the person who's teaching people how to get their own restaurant or build their own consumer so, so think of the mobile food industry, mm-hmm. like the food truck industry, right? So I'm that that barbecue guy that you see on the top of the side of the road. Because we ain't even talk about the grills and all that, how I got mm-hmm. end up getting all those grills and all that. Yeah, but I'm, I'm teaching. How many grills you got right now? I had about 15 grills. Like, Are you saying it's 15 separate trucks like, with grills or? Different styles and sizes. Like, let me tell you, let me tell you, because Hold people, on, I'm sorry, where, where are these 15 grills? So I got, sitting at my barbecue spot right now, I got a, I'm going to describe them to you. I got a big barbecue trailer that I had built with a full kitchen, a huge, massive trailer on it. That's one. Then I have, I have a one trailer contraption. I actually bought it down to Atlanta a couple, uh, last month. I got five grills built on that, three chicken cookers and two pig roasters, Mm. right? So that's five built on one trailer. Then I have this Lang, that Lang is built out of Georgia somewhere. And then I have a Metal Creek with another Metal Creek welded on it. So how many is a lane and what's a Metal Creek? These are reverse flow smokers. These are these big barrel grills, you know, like these old propane tanks that they cut out. Then I got these uh, table-style grills that's like six-foot table grills that you just straight barbecue. I got like three of those. Then I got one that you can run the propane on, one of those table grills. Then I have uh, a Southern Pride-type box grill. And then I have uh, a Weber grill. And then I have another pig roaster. So these are just the ones I'm visualizing on my lot right now. Golly. So how many locations do you have? So I have one physical location that people can come to that's in Dumfries, Virginia. It's open right now. It's open right now. 24 hours, okay. No, it ain't open 24 hours. I mean, not 24 hours, but it's it's a a static location. It's static location. You have employees that work there, things of that nature. And then I also go around and I do, I still do festivals and fairs. I do Mm -hmm. pop-up. One of my models for people, and I teach this in the course too, I used to work with people and I used to say, let me increase your business with food. Because who doesn't like food? Right, yeah, I used to sure. te- teach sales models. I teach that in the branding and marketing mm-hmm. segment of the course. Like, gotcha. let me sh- even I'd give them the play on how I brought that. That first grill I brought, the big one was seventy five hundred dollars. Remember, I ain't had no money. Mm. Right, I gave people a play in the course on how to get that seventy five hundred to buy that first grill to get on out What's there. What's the play? It's 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 a partnership. You don't want them to get the course. No, you want to talk right now. But they will. But people, you know. I probably give it to them, but they ain't gonna run the play. Well, let's just let, for the for the audience now. Let's talk <laughs> the audience. Yeah. So what I did at the time because I had relationships in the mortgage business, I was doing home buyer seminars. I was just charismatic. I built a lot of relationships, right? Mm. Just fact. So I was gonna enter into. I entered into a barbecue contest. It was the uh, DC barbecue battle. Huge contest. Over five hundred thousand people come on Pennsylvania Avenue in front of the White House, ten blocks. What they changed that after the last president, and they oh, moved yeah. it down to the Capitol. But anyway, it was on. It was ten blocks on their website. They had a whole media's perspective profile. I took that profile for the media. What their what the stats is, how many visits, and all that. I created my own marketing brochure. I said, I'm putting together a barbecue team, like a NASCAR team. I was creating T-shirts. I was going to put everybody's logo. And I was creating a chef's table for people to come and experience a private chef for this competition barbecue. Because I'm entering the barbecue contest, right? And so now I went and I needed a title sponsor. 
I had two, I was gonna, I said I was gonna do one title sponsor, five thousand dollars, and I had thousand dollar sponsorship, five hundred dollar sponsorships, right? Because you gotta think outside the box. I didn't have the money. I ain't mm-hmm. look, I'm barely making two, three hundred dollars going to the barbershops, right. right? So now I put together a team. I said, all right, you on my barbecue team, you on my barbecue team. All right. Then I found a guy who does blog and was getting a lot of hit. I said, all right, you're my media sponsor. So you're gonna write up, do a write-up. And I put this whole perspective package together. And then I played two of the banks. One I used to work for, and another was actually Navy Fed. And I was playing emails to them together. I said, "Yeah, this one is about to be my five thousand dollars sponsor." And I was, I'm giving y'all ten tickets to sit around the chef's table, and I'm gonna feed y'all gourmet barbecue right off the grill. Mm. One of the other company I used to work for, they said, "Hey, come down here tomorrow to get this five thousand dollars check." Well, they, because how you do anything is how you do everything. They know my work ethic because I had worked for them, so they mm. said, "Come on, come get this five thousand dollars check." I love it. I went and got the $5,000 check. I called the company. I said, yo, here's my deposit for the grill. Start building it. Because yeah. it's a six-week build time. Like, they build these grills from scratch. Oh, right? Damn, so I put that down. So now I'm hustling. Some of the friends, family I knew, that's people afraid to ask. Like, you know, an offer you don't make is an offer they can't take. That's a fact. Right? So a closed mouth don't get fed. So I'd ask, yo, can I get a... Uh, Look, $100, I'm going to give you two tickets to come sit around and eat this food at this barbecue. Because it, it was a ticketed event. It cost $10. Mm. Right? So I'm charging them 50 Come sit. I'm going to go buy some extra tickets and be like, come be a sponsor. Come sit around. And I got to cook the food anyway. Yeah. So I think I raised like eight or 9000 Enough to pay the grill. Enough to do this. Nice. And boom, I got my first reverse flow smoker off of that one play. That's Just dope. creating a sponsorship package off of an event that I didn't even curate. It was an event that was already happening. Yeah. I piggybacked my event off there. I curated my own event inside an event. I love it. That's dope, man. Being able to get paid off of something that you absolutely love to do. So, uh, how much is how much money is in this in this business? Like, not to be in your personal business, but I guess to be in your business, like you think about last it. Last year, I guess through the pandemic, what do you think you brought in? <laughs> Probably a little over four, about four hundred thousand, and uh, nice. and and that was working three to four days a week. See, that's and, what I'm and saying. I, and I was doing. Uh, I was doing, that's just off of the, the, the barbecue business. Mm. And that was, uh, we was doing, <laughs> I started off just doing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Later on, that towards the end, I expanded to an extra day Thursday because people started asking. But I was only doing three days a week. That's what I'm saying, bro. You have, once you have a clientele, they use it. They they eat it, but they have to, they have to come back tomorrow. Yo, man, it's, well, it's some it, right here. Nobody so had much. nothing to do. So don't get it twisted. I, I spent money. Uh, Facebook, creating my bots and, and doing all that. That's the, the the marketing aspect. Like, people didn't know I was there until I had to show up. Right, but like, once they're there up, and they yeah. experience it, yeah. like, there's some spots. They didn't have to run no ads for me. I came across this joint. Okay, let me, let me. Oh, yeah. I eat it. I'm there. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was and I'm coming back. Yeah. That's how, that's really how I want to. Yeah, that's what, and then that like smoke. That. I'm the only one really out in, in my area that you're going to smell me from Blocks and when you driving, it's funny. You smell it's funny. me, I like that. Smell me. Can you smell what the wood is cooking? <laughs> right? I, it's all crazy stuff I say. And so I be, I be sitting there. I literally seen little cars drop over the medium because that smell hit that car. It'd be the funniest. I'd be like, "Yo, can you do that again? I want to record that." Because like, oh. <laughs> they didn't even know it was a medium there right, that right. they just really went and stretched and did that. So it'd be the funny that when that smell hits you, and yeah. you, sometimes I just like the grill and people smell the grill and it don't even nothing beyond. And it was funny because people would be out there 7, 8 o'clock in the morning just because they smell the smoke thing. I just be like, y'all don't serve breakfast. Be open at 12 or 11, whatever. Crazy. Man, listen, I, 
This has been uh, insightful. I'm about to make, we about to make some barbecue gummy bears, bro. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's so make I, it I, I got to do a quick. I can't wait to see that survey. Yes, sir. I got to do a, a quick commercial and then I'm going to have you kind of close out with something impactful and let them know how, you, how they can reach you and all that kind of okay. stuff. All right. Yeah. So um, this episode is sponsored by the Podcasters Blueprint. Okay. There's not many, um, there's not, there's, first off, there's not a whole lot of resources out here that will teach you how to um, have a successful podcast. No. If you want to have a podcast, where would you go? Yeah. And especially you, you, there. You think barbecue podcasts would be good? Absolutely. Yeah, just us sitting down talking about barbecue. Absolutely. Around. Barbecue yeah. bring people together, man. That's it. Barbecue is a part of our history. That's it. Did we, you know when the slaves came over to America, the very first thing, I'm just playing. <laughs> Yo, it's true. We we like we who you think was lighting up? Who who figured out how to roast that pig in the ground? Yeah, you feel me? You yeah. had to you had to throw something on it. Absolutely. You feel me? You had to get the honey in the all right. Anyway, yeah, it's podcast is blueprint. If you want to start a podcast, okay, you got to learn from somebody that's done it. Listen, I've done it. We're not just here having fun. This is a business, even though Thanks. we had a good time. But I go to podcastersblueprint.com, use the promo code socialproof, and I uh, get uh, a very nice discount off of your bread, uh, your, 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 your uh, course, okay? I'm also The Morning Meetup, the only organization that gathers every single day. Entrepreneurs from all across the country gather every day at 8 o'clock in the morning. Wait, every day? Monday through Friday, bro. Oh, that's not Saturday. And it'd be like four, no, not Saturday, Sunday, but that's every day. <laughs> Monday. Monday through Friday, pretty right. much. Every weekday. Okay, every, every weekday. weekday. All right, yeah, Monday through Friday. But check, listen to me. If I did it for seven days a week, we would have four or five hundred people on seven days a week. That's dope. And they all entrepreneurs? Every day. Well, I mean, some are entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, people that are trying to figure it out, people that are trying to, like, they want community. Because yeah. where else would you go? Let me ask you this honest question. All right. Where can you, where can you go to meet up with over 400 people every day? Where would you go? Wow. I, here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. Physically or online, where would you go? Yeah, to meet and y'all actually meet up and y'all talking and y'all can see on little boxes on Zoom over 400 people. Where would you go? I guess morningmeetup.com. It's the only place in the world. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's, it's the only place in the world. It's so, am I lying? Am I making this stuff up? It, you can't. Where else would you go? So, if you want that connection with other people, go to themorningmeetup.com. Start your dollar trial for seven days to see if you like it or not. All right. So, D, man, I appreciate you, man. This was very, very lit. Yo, D, I had a good time, man. I, yeah. I you know, learned a lot. Yo, you got four entrepreneurs that meet up every day. Yeah. I got to sit down with a dope guy that's doing dope things with dope people. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I gotta, I gotta come up with some, I'm gonna do some weird funky sauces too, bro. Yeah. Like yeah. the stuff that Joe wouldn't approve of yeah. because he ain't woke. You know what I mean? But it's those things that it's people remember. Exactly. Yo, you know what will happen? Nobody want no barbecue gummies. Here's the crazy part. Here's the crazy part, he Joe. He said no. Here's the crazy. Here's here's what's crazy. Here's what's crazy. The fact that we've never heard of it before. You know how many people will buy it just to see if it's good or not? That's like that one little chip that everybody buying for like what ten dollars? Just one little spicy chip. Bro, there's there's a restaurant in Philly. They got a hundred dollar cheese stick. No, it's 120 now. Barclays Prime. 120. I'm working on $100 slab of ribs. Say it again? Are you tossing the gummy worms in a seasoning? I don't know. Just don't shoot down my concept. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. All I said, y'all shot down my dream. Yeah. Without it, without it. Okay, we still teach. It don't matter. Right you still with, gonna do it anyway. It, without even hearing all of the details, y'all shot down my dream. 
So in the mindset lesson, we talk about stay away from people that steal your dreams, right? You got to be in an environment and go around people who are going to encourage you. It's just like a baby. When a baby falls down, we don't tell that baby, you will never be able to walk because you ain't prepared to walk. We put that baby around people. We're going to tell that baby to get back up and to walk again. And so that baby is because we're encouraging that baby. Eventually, that baby learns how to walk. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade or at least grab an extra latte. After getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com goals24. That's Chime.com goals24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. And our ideas are just babies that we developing and we trying to teach them how to walk. Exactly. See, that's what I'm talking about. They ain't even, listen, they ain't even try it to tell, tell me anything good. Yeah. Let me ask you, Joe, would you eat metal? No. <laughs> you would not eat metal. Why would I eat metal? Is gold a metal? Why would I eat gold? People... Do you know they make gold I know they steaks? make gold covers. I don't eat, See, I don't don't eat beef. But, but if you ate, but I'm saying, if nah. you ate steak. I don't eat beef. Edible gold. There's a but, difference. But that's, There's but that's a the difference, thing. though. My went, thing was, would you eat metal? Here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing. Would you eat metal? Absolutely not. Is gold a metal? No. They have gold-covered steaks that cost hundreds of dollars. And now we're like, oh, well, if you shave it and you put it on and you make it edible. But, it's, but the initial answer is no. I'm teaching entrepreneurship. Thank you, Joe. That's I love great. you. I'm just using you as an example. <laughs> yes, as so, there are people who don't have the full picture mm. of the thing that you are trying to do, and they will automatically say it won't work because they don't see it how you see it. I say, would you eat metal? He's thinking about taking a nickel and, like, going at it. D, they don't see what's there. They only they see what they've see been it. programmed to see. Come on, man. And that's in life, tell, man. Tell, look at Joe when you Yo, say listen, it. you don't see what's there. You see what you've been programmed to see. Joe? You programmed, he programmed that as soon as he said metal, you saw a big piece of metal. Say his name, you Joe. 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 <laughs> say his name. <laughs> Joe. Hey, let me tell you son, Joe. <laughs> we said that from DC, too. <laughs> you don't see metal. You see a big pole. But he's telling you to see the shavings. Wait, pause. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's you listen. Oh my god. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. Anything. You just gotta believe, right? What makes the lion king of the jungle, Joe? Let me tell you. It's not because the lion is the biggest, it's not because he's the fastest, not because he's the smartest or the strongest. Lion is king of the jungle because his attitude. That elephant is bigger, is stronger, it can knock trees down. But when that lion sees that elephant, he don't see how big and strong it is. All he sees is lunch. Lunch. And so when you see your dreams and your goals, you got to be like, lunch. <laughs> you got to attack that thing and you got to eat that go. thing. Yeah. Hey, man, yo, thank Listen. you so much for coming, man. I've had a blast, man. Uh, you, you definitely got to let it, let me, this is what I want you to do. Okay. I got to ask a question. All right. And then. Is it a deep question or very is it a deep question. Come on, Very man. deep. So, one, where do you see, I like to make predictions on a podcast. Okay. okay? So, right. where do you see yourself in the next five years so that I can watch this five years from now and we can say, listen, it, it didn't happen. It wasn't happening when he talked about it, but this is what he said he's going to accomplish and he actually accomplished it. That's a great question. I ask good questions. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked. Because I've been, I actually been chewing on this, but I haven't said it out loud. So now you're going to force me. Here we go. Let's go. You're going to force me to say it out loud. So I, I see uh, the barbecue business in a point where now I created the course. 
right? Barbecuebusinessclass.com or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now it's in a position where uh, people are lazy. Mm-hmm. They need a done-for-you type of product. 100%. So I got to create a product now where they can get a system that's already built. Mm-hmm. And it'd be franchised. So now they could buy a franchise to set up on any roadside in the entire 50 United States. I love it. All right. Love it. And so That's now it. I guess franchising would be the next model. Because ro- I've never seen a roadside, mm-hmm. like a roving food vendor, like a same food vendor going to all these other fairs. And there's nobody in our sphere. So I see myself getting in that space. And I've been in a position four or five years from now where I've helped probably a thousand entrepreneurs really get in and scale and start their own barbecue business. They like they take their passion and barbecue out their backyard and they really start making money, right? Because everybody likes their food, but it's just a hobby until you start making some money. That's a fact. So I want to show people how to make money in this game. I love it. I love it. So now the clock has started because you said it. Yeah, I did. You put it in. It's funny how much things I said and I look back on and it actually happened. Yeah. It just kind of like wrote it out. It's like that vision making it plain. Got to. Got you know? to. So, and, and that's going to be the consultant aspect. I just had a revelation the other day, man, mm. that King Solomon was a consultant. People used to bring him money for his advice. Mm. Like this lady had an issue with a baby and she was like, yo, what's up with my baby? She stole my baby. He was like, all right, let me see. Let me kill the baby. No! He figured out who it was and everybody started bringing him money. They was like, yo, he's wise. Mm. For solving problems. Problem solvers get paid, man. Yeah, so I just want to help people solve their problems. There it is. I love it. Well, look, man, you have... Uh, let everybody know how to find you. You have the course. We'll put a link in the box. How much... Can we give a discount? You know, I'm a giver. <laughs> nah, nah, for real, I'm a giver. Let's give a discount. Yeah. The, the course right now... The course right now... Is a uh, is a five thousand dollar course. I reduced it for the first hundred people, twenty five hundred. Okay. But for you and your people, social proof. I think we should give them a deeper discount. Okay. What 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 you thinking? Is it a percentage, and, a number? And, you want and, to, you want them to be surprised? And, and here's what it is. I'm giving them a hundred thousand dollars worth of gain. Of course. Now, how much? Like, if I told somebody give me ninety thousand dollars for a hundred thousand dollars, right? That's still a good deal. All day. All day long, because you make ten dollars. Yeah. If I told them give me fifty thousand for a hundred thousand dollars, it's a good deal. Yeah. Right, so I don't want people to look at the the cost because it's an investment that's gonna come yeah. back. Right, don't don't look at what you're paying, look at what you invest. How much is it gonna cost you not to get it? Yeah. It's gonna cost you a hundred thousand dollars if you don't get it. That's a fact. So now, I say we take another twenty percent off for your people. Okay, so we'll set up we'll set up a promo code social proof. Okay, promo code social proof, and uh, we'll give them twenty percent off. Twenty percent off the there bar- it is. the barbecue business class. There it is. So let everybody know how they can find you. Then I need you to close this out with a word of wisdom. Okay, you got to okay. put a whole bow on this conversation. Yeah. So you can find me on social media at my BBQ man. You can find me on our Facebook, Divine Barbecue. If you if you want to follow the political world, you want to understand that, follow Mayor DR Wood over on Instagram. Like if you want to see how I move and shake and influence in that sphere. And um so the word course, and then and the, actually give the whole what were you about to say? The course address. Yeah, 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 the ahead, the, the website is www.bbq businessclass.com bbqbusinessclass.com good good and like close out with a word of wisdom but I want you to talk directly to Joe okay Okay. I want you to like close it out look him in his face and (laughs) he need encouragement he needs some wisdom you know what I mean but go ahead you can close this out bro All right. so here's a good word Joe (laughs) call his name yeah listen you gotta commit to your dreams commit first figure the rest out later 
One of the things that's made me like outrageously successful in life and business is my ability to throw my hat over the fence and then figure out how I'm going to climb that fence and go get my hat. Like I never had all the details when I did this and when I built this and, and never in my wildest dreams that I think I'd be doing what I'm doing today. But it was that one gift of barbecue that has opened every door. It's because of barbecue I'm sitting on this podcast. Because of barbecue I'm in politics. It's because barbecue that I get to travel and get invited to some of the places I do. But the key to that was my ability to commit first and to figure the rest out later. So uh, the secret to getting ahead, really, Joe, is getting started. What are you waiting for? Start today. There it is. Listen, man, we can't close it out. How you feel, Joe? <laughs> uh, can't close it out no better than that. Listen, man, do yourself a favor, man. First off, follow D Woods, all right? Next, I need you to go get you some social proof, okay? Build something. Go build something really, really big, something you could be proud of, something your family could be proud of. But then I want you to take it back to your community and teach your community how you did it. All right? We are out of here. Each one, teach one. Let's go reach one. David Chance presents to you the morning meetup. Do you have an idea you need to get off the ground? Are you a small business owner looking to earn supplemental income or replace your current income? Come and join the most amazing mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs live with David Shands himself. That's right. This is not pre-recorded and it's not a replay. This is live every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. In addition to the live calls, you also receive a weekly individual Q&A call, a private Facebook community, access to all call replays, and access to David's list of resources and contacts you need to be in an environment of success so head over to themorningmeetup.com today for your one dollar seven day trial that's right just one dollar for seven days of access to the morning meetup take massive action towards manifesting your dreams today themorningmeetup.com i wanted to know why some people who get COVID 19 get it so bad i found out it may be because they have a high risk factor such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do, like asking your healthcare provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at treatcovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer.